Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. Welcome to today's episode of Growth Island. Today, we're going to talk about how can we live long and healthy lives. So not just a long life, but actually a life where you have a good life and you can actually enjoy yourself and do something. And for that, I got a special guest in that I've been following for a while in this longevity field. It's Dr. Neil Palvin, who is an innovative physician in the study of functional medicine, integrative sports medicine, regenerative medicine. And I've seen him many places now, and he talks about several of the areas that I would love to learn more about in regards to longevity. So Neil, thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. So Neil, what's one thing that you are really grateful for these days? I'm really grateful for. I'm grateful that I have found the benefit of positivity and manifestation. I mean, I've, this time has just taught me that sometimes it's the simplest things that give you the most benefit, the most, the most gratitude and kind of set you up for the, for living a good life. Fantastic. That's something we talk about quite often at the show, actually, like, what can you be grateful for? You are in an interesting field. So what's one of the things that makes you most excited these days when it comes to longevity? And I guess well, the two part answer. I mean, I think the fact that it's become more in the mainstream, just in general, because the fact that it's kind of exploded into the mainstream over the last six months or so that between patients being aware of it, it's not like some weird voodoo type of things. And, and then on the business side, like businesses are, are exploding. And then in terms of products, and there's one product that I, that's kind of really got me excited. It's a product called Spermidine. So on both aspects of longevity, there's, it's really, really growing so quickly. And the best part is that there's a lot of data coming up behind it. It's not just, uh, somebody trying to sell a product. No, that's me. So tell me a little bit about how did you get into this longevity and functional medicine? Um, like a lot of other docs, um, that I, I it was kind of a personal situation. I mean, I was, I had bad headaches. Uh, it had to be now about 20 years ago or so. And I tried a lot of tradition. I tried all the medicine, so all specialists and nothing was really helping out a lot. And then I started doing, um, craniosacral therapy and meditation and then acupuncture. And, and I'm like, well, I feel better. And I do a lot of sports medicine in my practice um, at the time. And I'm like, okay, so steroids or anti-inflammatories aren't working. I did a lot of hands-on work to begin with. That was a part of it. I'm like, okay, let me try meditation or supplements or, um, med- all, any of those type of other things. I'm like, wow, this stuff actually works. Then I just ended, go- ended up going down the rabbit hole and, uh, you, you keep digging, digging more and seeing stuff. And back then it was hard to find out the information, get really good information. Now it's obviously a lot easier, but so I just kind of kept, Hey, trying to check off some boxes and, uh, it worked out well. Cool. So what's some of the things in regards to not just living a, a long life, but a healthy life that you see essential? I mean, it's a combination of two things. It's really understanding. It's more understanding what your goals are in the sense of that. Yeah, I could, you could take every supplement you see on the social media or on a podcast. Um, that's not going to get you longevity unless you have the foundation first. It still comes down to positivity and, and 
relationships and, and your diet and exercise and getting the maximal sleep because we know again more and more now that how uh, influential those things are in your health and longevity. I mean, look, you look at the blue zones where people live over to 100 and it's not that they're taking the newest NAD supplement or, and they're not doing peptides. They're exercising, eating well, having positive relationships. They have community and that's how they do it. So um, you don't you don't need a magic hundred dollar pill to get there. It may help once in a while, but uh, you don't have to have it that way. I think having that understanding and that broad strokes kind of makes things a lot easier to attain it. Yeah, I fully agree. And most of the guests that I have on actually stress the basics first. So it's really like we often get caught off in the newest, coolest biohack. But like, do you have the basic covered first? Make sure you get them covered, and then you can start doing the more advanced stuff. So let's say someone has already covered the basis. What are some of the newest breakthroughs where we're starting to see proper science and research showing that this actually works for longevity? Um, in terms of longevity, um, a couple of different things that are out there. I mean, again, the peptides, we're starting to see more and more data come out in terms of longevity. I imagine spermidine, which probably has more studies coming out than any other product that I know of right now in terms of quote, I mean, longevity means different things to different people, but in terms of, um, that's definitely having a lot of huge kind of, um, expanse there as well. Um, and then in terms of product that's starting to kind of gain ground is something called methylene blue, um, in terms of brain health, in terms of energy under being an anti-inflammatory property. So there's a couple of things that are kind of really gaining ground, um, as we speak. Cool. If we start with peptides, can you explain a bit more about what that actually is? So someone listening to me, like, what's that Pepsi? It's probably not a Pepsi that you're getting. It's something else. Peptides. What is that? Yeah, peptides are their group of amino acids from couple, two or three up to 90 something, um, that they have a specific action. They either work on a specific enzyme system or a specific hormone or a specific, um, organ in some cases to help regulate it, regulate, regulate that hormone or enzyme system. Um, they usually have minimal side effects if done correctly. And what's great about them is that they can be done from injection, IV, cream, nose spray. So there's different forms for different purposes. And now they pretty much can be used for almost anything at this point. I mean, most either ban for medical issues and longevity or for like vanity things like skincare, they can be used and they have that, they, they hit all those niches. And how do you figure out what kind of peptide you need? So let's say someone is listening to our light, that sounds pretty cool. Like, how do you figure out what to get, what kind of method and so on? Oh, that's a whole nother, that's a long, uh, story there. Um, I mean, the basics are, um, is figuring out, again, figuring out which, what your goals are with it. Um, and then I tend to, um, again, cause what's good about peptides, a lot of them are multifunctional. So a lot of times if you want to have muscle strength or recovery and have more energy, you can find one, maybe two peptides. They'll do all that for you rather than take four five, six different things. Um, so you kind of have to either know, really have knowledge or talk to a practitioner's experience because they can definitely walk you what, what you should take. That's going to give you the most, um, benefit. They can tell you what dose and then what form what form in most cases, unless you're talking about something cosmetic, you definitely prefer the injection over oral just because you're dealing with the decrease absorption rate. And most, some people that deal with any medical issue, they're going to have poor gut absorption and you're spending, these aren't cheap. So you spend money on something that's not going to work as well, unless you're just so needophobic 
then you do it. In most cases, I recommend injection in most cases. Um, but there's sometimes there's ways around that too. Okay. So injections, you need to go to a clinic or is this something you can order home? And like, is this something you just go uh, on Google uh, and then you Google and you can order it or how does that work? Ooh, okay. Um, so you can Google it and just order those products. If you at least in the US and Canada where um, my pay, um, clients are, a lot of times there are certain companies that are regulated by government agencies so that you know what you're getting is what you're getting and it's safe. There are other, like what I kind of call third or fourth lower tier, um, companies that they'll say not for human consumption research only, um, because that's never been tested. And then you're just taking a chance at hey, it's what it says it is. And there's nothing toxic in the product. Um, so that's, that's the catch 22. That's the, that's the problem with trying to order something online that you just no idea what you're getting. Mm. And we see it in supplement and everything else. So peptides is just another version of that. I mean, so if you're getting it through a healthcare provider, we're getting it to a pharmacy that's regulated and they know what we're getting, that's regulated. It's for human consumption. You're getting what you're saying you're getting, you're getting what you, they say you're getting. So that's how a lot of my patients will get it. Um, cause they either get fresh eggs, they can't figure out how to take it on their own. Cause there's so many different things out people them time to take it, or they want to make sure they're getting something safe. Yeah. And how often do you need to get it? And how much does something like that cost? Um, it runs the gamut. I mean, it can run the lowest ones are about a hundred dollars a month. The most expensive ones are about $800 a month. So it depends on a lot of it's supply, it's like anything else, it's supply and demand, how much of that, what it costs to make. And some are just really hard to find and they cost a lot of money. Got it. So basically finding a good physician to work with that can actually ensure getting the right quality would be like getting an injection once a month. Prices between one hundred and eight hundred dollars, often for for getting these kind of treatments. Yeah, they're not once a month usually. They're most cases they're they're going to be in most cases they're self injection. You're going to so you're going to inject yourself either five out of seven days or once a week or every day. Where the doctor comes in in terms of doing an injection would be um, let's say you have shoulder pain and you you're not no most people can't just inject their shoulder logistically or know how to do it safely. So then they'll come into the office. We'll do a directed, like we would do a, a, an old school steroid injection to their shoulder or their bicep or their back or whatever. So that's when they're coming to the office for a specific injection. Otherwise I'd say 95% of my, probably more than that, 99% of my patients are doing self-injection. Um, it's very simple, the small needle and they're doing it on their own because it's just logistically to come into the office, even three or four times a week is just, it's not practical. Got it. Where do you inject yourself? Uh, in most cases it's, it's, in the, it's within an inch of the belly button. Okay. Um, and then you can do the inner thigh as well if it gets sore. Yeah. So that, that's the most common location. Interesting. And how long will you do this? Is this for the rest of your life or is this for a period of time or? Um, it's, it answers all, all the above. Yes, no, kind of. Um, so it's. There depends what you're doing. If you're doing an anti-aging stack, I mean, there's some that are specifically geared for anti-aging longevity. Some of them, people may have heard of something called the Pitalon. Um, that you're doing usually for 15 days, three, twice a year, maybe three times a year is max. So that's, a, that's, a, that, that's set like that. If you're doing something for inflammation, like shoulder, a shoulder injury, then you're usually doing it for two or three months. 
And at that point, then it becomes either you're done or if it's something that's recurrent, then it'll start, you may start up again in a couple months after that. We usually have patients stop after a couple months. So it really depends on what you're dealing with. Um, in all cases, there, there, there's it's cycling. You're not just doing this in perpetuity for the next 30 years um, for a variety of reasons. So yeah, but, uh, but they all have their own different protocol depending on what you're trying to do. And again, if it's acute chronic or you're doing it for anti-aging, that's definitely much more cyclical. That makes sense. And where are we in regards to the science? Do we have like double-blinded studies showing that this works for different things or or what's the state of uh, of the current research on it? Um, I'd say 80% of them have really good studies behind them. Uh, I mean, there's probably, again, most of the products I mentioned, the uh, BPC um, product called BPC has great studies, the mitochondrial peptides, Montsin, Umatin, and even SS31 all have good, really good studies backing up their data right now. Um, in the longevity field, nothing right now is great human studies, everything. The mice live really long. I mean, that's kind of what we do here at this point. Now, you know, finally we're hitting the point where we're starting to get some human studies that are going off things like metformin and rapamycin and things like that. Um, so we're kind of progressing there. Um, but you know, there's other ones that don't have a lot of great data behind them. So, but it's extrapolated. A lot of these become cousins of the initial product that we have studies on and then their side effects so they design something that has less side effects um so we there's usually some data we can find on most things um some just have a lot more data than others i don't think there's any of them that have no data behind them whatsoever one of the common side effects of peptides um I mean, there's not really one um i mean the only one obviously would be like a little bit of allergic react like a little bit of a allergic reaction or um, a flushing sensation beyond that they all have they they all have different side effects depending on what how they work so like any prescription it depends how they work depending on what the side effects are um there's very few you don't really have like nausea or vomiting from anything it's again they all have kind of different side effects like one of the ones that's called um a group called the melanotans um that um they do cause tanning that's why some people use them um, but they also can cause abnormal tanning or darkening of skin. They call, if you have a mole, they can cause a darkening of a mole, which could be concerning. So th depending on how they work, depends on what the side effects may be. Okay, come. So something else you mentioned, mentioned was spermidine. Yes. So spermidine has become one of the, uh, the hot things out there. Um, and for those who are David Sinclair fans, he gave it a plug couple of weeks ago, I think on social media. Um, but yeah, so spermidine works, um, in a lot of different ways is the product that's designed, um, derived from wheat germ. Um, so you can get it naturally from food. Most people just don't get enough of it to get the benefits of it. Um, it helps to induce autophagy, which is probably its biggest known benefit. So that autophagy helps with aging. It helps with certain illnesses. It may help with inflammation. So that that's the biggest plus of it. Um, there's now studies that show that it may help uh, by healing the gut lining. It, we know it crosses the blood-brain barrier, so now they're looking into it for brain injuries or like degenerative issues. Um, it may help in terms of fertility because it works on um, with autophagy and the anti-inflammatory effects that it has can work there. It may boost nitric oxide. There's a lot of different things. And for those who are into the the pillars of aging at this point, um, 
the the nine pillars of aging or longevity it's seven which i think the most of any product that's out there period right now so and it's because it's a pill has really i have only people only potential side effect that we really had are anybody who's sensitive to celiac or gluten right after the celiac sensitive to gluten or wheat may have a problem taking the medicine i haven't i haven't had any I, there's been some reported um so that's kind of um I just really like it. I mean, I take it all the time. Again, this, I know they have so many studies going on right now that it, it's going to be a huge product. And it's normally as a pill or can you get it as an injection as well? No spray or cream? Right now it's a pill only. I know one of the companies work on all those other things um, that are coming down the pike. I know some people unofficially will crush it and put in their skincare products, um, but that's not authorized. That's not endorsed by me or the company. They just do it for investigative sake, I would say. Mm. Um, but right after all there is, is, is our pills. Okay. Fascinating. And how do you get it naturally? So you said you can get it from fruit as well. So yeah, you can get it from wheat germ. You can get it from beans. You can definitely get it from mushrooms, especially shiitake mushrooms. Um, so those are definitely some, uh, some areas that you can get it through the through food naturally too. Is it something we can measure in the blood, whether we are not getting sufficient or? Not yet. Not yet at all. It's, it's not, not, I don't know if that's going to rise anytime soon. No, fair enough. So it's not like B12, we can see like, all right, uh, we have a challenge here. Cool. NAD, that seems to be uh, one of the hottest words as well when it comes to longevity. Can you tell us some more about that? Sure. NAD is probably still probably, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's also probably still one of the most controversial. Um, the, the, one of the major issues is that you have a lot of the data that comes from the data, a lot of the data that comes out is fueled by the companies who make the NAD or NMN products. So it kind of, some of it fuel feels a little bit skewed. Um, and there's a lot of debate. I mean, that right now, a lot of the big wigs are debating, does it work or not? I mean, we know it works. It's a question of which, which version is better and so on. So we don't know. There's a lot of stuff we know, a lot of stuff we don't know yet about NAD or NMN. So NAD is an enzyme part of the mitochondria. It helps um, um, the mitochondria produce energy, ATP. It also helps activate some cancer, uh, cancer prevention genes, PPG3. It also helps activate the CERT enzymes. SIRT, which are the longevity enzymes also, they also activate other enzyme markers like PGC for mitochondria and all these other, we can get, we get a lot of alphabet soup from there. Um, they also, so it does that, it helps the body repair damage to DNA. It activates your clot genes, which are now we're finding from a lot of work that's come out that every everything in your body is a clot gene. And that's one of the ways that we're gonna probably learn how to regulate um, when the best thing to do things and Again, why maintaining circadian rhythm has become a bigger and bigger part of, of being healthy. Um, it comes again, the main two forms that are out there now are NMN and NR. Um, there's a huge debate about which one is better. Um, and then how to take it and what the dose should be. So and that's still we don't know. We do know that a, a couple of stages came out in the last couple of months. NMN does help with muscle growth. It helps with insulin sensitivity. NR does not. NMN may help with fertility and ours does not. So NMN is starting to take the lead now based on studies that are out there. There's still the, uh, there's now an NAD blood test that have just come out um, that has some efficacy for the first time that we actually can get an idea. We know levels, we think we think levels normally decrease at the age of 30. Um, so that's 
um, a little helpful. You can kind of measure. We don't know. Again, we don't know how high we want it, what the number. It's not like you mentioned B12. We know what your B12 level is when we need to fix it. We don't know that yet for some of this other stuff. Um, and then again, it can be administered a lot of different ways from pills and sublingual to injections and tablets and creams and nose sprays. I mean, you can get anything you can get any way you want. Um, we know a lot of patients it's beneficial. There's been studies on addiction. There's been studies for inflammation. They're using it. Um, so that we're using now for potentially for senescent cells. So it's definitely, it, it's kind of one of those things where. It was cool. We didn't know why. And now they're trying to work backwards and try to put all the data together to see, okay, this is going to work and this is the best way of taking it. And this is why we're taking Are you currently taking NAD or? I do self-injections. Um, it's not my, it's not in my top two or three. No. Um, I just, um, I should take it more to do, to be honest. Um, it's just, I can only take so many things. Um, so at one time, so I will probably start after the, um, after the, when the fall starts, I'll probably start really implementing that again. I'm doing some other routines now. So. Yeah. What are some of the other routines you're doing? Um, right now I'm doing some BPC 157. I'm doing some Mod C. I'm taking spermidine. Um, I take a product called Nerf two. So that is kind of. Um, I, and then I combine that with some lifestyle changes. Those are kind of the ones I'm thinking of. I do uh, the ones I do now tell my head. Okay. And what you take on metformin? So Dave Sinclair, the Harvard professor for the ones who doesn't know who he is, he wrote one of the most famous books on longevity. And he uh, talks a lot about metformin, which is this drug for uh, diabetes that has been tested, but that's showing some really good results. But I also know that uh, Ben Greenfield was out with a longer article about the dark side of metformin. So there's a bit of a discussion back and forth. What's what's your current take on where we are with that now? Um, you kind of summarize it really well. Um, they're finishing up the study now. Uh, we now cause, can cause some muscle issues. Um, my opinion is it, it still can be helpful if taken in the right combination for the right person. Um, I, there's other things that are out there that are potentially just as good. Again, we'll know more the, you talk to me this time next year or 18 months from now, I'll know a lot more. So right now, my opinion for my patients, I, it's not my, it, it's probably my second tier medicines for people. It's not, um, as long as they understand, uh, some of the side effects and potential issues with it. Okay. Because when I first uh, read his book, I was like, all right, that sounds like something I should get started on. I checked around in my biohacking circles and so on. And I was like, okay, I might just wait a few more years. Uh, once we have more studies on immigration longevity and whether we can get some of the same effects from natural products as well. Yeah, it, yeah the data, again, he put it out there. There's the one study, the DHA and the growth hormone. And, but we, again, there's still, there's still trying to figure out that. More specific, like you said, again, we should know more next year. Yeah. So what are some of the things that we don't have the proper proof on yet, but that you think are going to be really promising? So like if we check in three years time. Oh boy. Um, I mean, I think it's a lot of this is going to be mitochondrial based. I think that's where we're finding more and more both for general health. And then we're seeing it now for almost everything for like I've mentioned kind of already from neurodegenerative issues like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's to fertility, though it's also an issue with the mitochondria. So I think 
the products now that again they're mitochondrial based. I mentioned MOTC, a product called another peptide called Umanin. Um, there's now a product alpha ketoglutarate, which is another part of the the uh, mitochondrial energy pathway. Um, another one, um, so that's become an issue. Uh, something that's become very important. Um, another product, your life in A may have some potential for longevity and some other helpful issues. Um, rapamycin is probably the biggest one at this point, where there's a lot of smaller studies that we know what it does beneficially. And now it's just a, it's kind of like NAD. It's like, okay, okay, so how do we use it as a, it's kind of having a car with too much power in right now. You don't know, like, you don't want to go out of control with it, but I think it's very shortly we're going to be able to really harness the power of rapamycin, both for immune issues and for, I mean, there's so many potentials with it. It's we're right on the edge. That's probably the first one besides metformin. We're going to really get a huge handle on the benefits of. Um, it just, it just, it just sounds scary. The other one is probably not as a, or the GLP-1 inhibitors, like the semaglutide, which has got a proof of weight loss, at least here in the U.S., but also now may have some brain benefits. Um, definitely already know it benefits on the heart. So I think that may be the other one that we're going to see hopefully in the near future. Fascinating. I think, uh, I love talking to people and looking into the spaces and it's going to be incredible to see where we're in five years and how much that's happening and the amount of money going into the longevity space right now. So we're starting to see more good studies. What's one thing that um, you find that a lot of people have misunderstood in this field where you're like, I wish I could correct this? Um, I mean, it's really, it's not once, it's kind of the whole philosophy, especially in the, that more is always better. And it's not, I mean, it's actually in a lot of cases going to affect things more. I mean, I see it, I mean, I see it with testosterone. I see it with patients come in on 32 supplements. I see it or they want to, it's like, I, it's that more, the more, the better type philosophy and okay. And like, I'm going to, okay. So if he does the four minute cold plunge, I'm going to do a 10 minute cold plunge. It's not always more is not better. You want to know what the data is and what's going to benefit you. I'm going to do a 30 day fast instead of doing like a three day fast. It's kind of more is not always better. Know why you're doing something just because you can hold, do something for 30 days. doesn't mean it's actually going to be beneficial for you compared to not. What are your recommendations for finding a good physician? So a lot of people are working with functional medicine and starting to talk more about longevity and so on, but what's your kind of take on like how to know that you're working with the right person? I mean, it's two parts. I mean, it's definitely, again, you want to listen and make sure they know what they're talking about. If you're somebody who has some knowledge in the space, it's obviously a lot easier because a lot of this can sound, if you go talk to somebody on the street, they're going to look at you and say, metformin, what, or peptides, what are you talking about? So it's not like that's the first. So you, if you don't speak the language, you want to find somebody who's been on a lot of different, who's a lot of material that somebody who has got, I was on good reviews, somebody who, ha who has some training in it. They're not somebody who just said, oh, I'm a longevity or functional medicine or whatever physician. Um, and then on top of that, it still comes down to rapport. I mean, if somebody is, I'm seeing a lot of patients now who start with, I mean, places that are cheaper or pretty much in terms of cost, or they can do it online really quickly. And a lot of times if, if, if they're just giving you kind of a pre-formulated package, like, okay, we're going to put you on this and testosterone and this and that and that, and they don't, they're not customizing it. They're not doing lab or a lot of lab work to see what you need versus your friend. That's a red flag right there because they're pretty much just trying to turn you through and, and see what you want. 
you want somebody who's going to talk with you, individ, listen to what your what your issues are, because what you want and I want are two different things, and they could achieve totally different ways. Um, and I think, that, and it also the last part would be they shouldn't be just the first thing out of their mouth shouldn't be trying to sell you something. It's, they should be again trying to understand what your your concerns are, what your goals are. Is it it's just longevity? You try to do a specific health issues at all of the above. And then go from there. And the last thing is, again, you just have to have that rapport with somebody. It's like anything else from from your doctor to your hairstylist to whoever. If you don't have a good feel with that person, then this is your health. If not, you need to move on. Yeah, for sure. And Neil, who, what kind of people do you mostly work with? Um, my practice is all over. I mean, for a variety of reasons. Um, I've had different um, specializations over the years I've been practicing now. Um, I'd say now most of my, I see a lot of, um, two really main populations. I see a lot of executives and biohackers and athletes who are trying to recover from something and then optimize their health. That's probably the biggest part of my practice right now. I do do a lot of shoe pure sports medicine. And then the, and then a smaller bucket of my patients is, um, where I see a lot, some patients who have long-term chronic illnesses who have tried traditional medicine and they haven't been able to get improvement. I do some, I do some things that with what we up some of the things that we talked about and some IV stuff and other things that can help them. So they tend to find me from like all honesty all over the world at this point. So that's probably about a third of my practice now. I mean, it used to be more in this kind of, but that's, that's about a third of my practice right now. You do online consultations as well. I can do online consultations and the, it's become an issue now in terms of legally that Things have dra dramatically changed in the sense that initially everyone wanted to come into the office, now really wants to do everything online. And the laws haven't caught up yet, at least in the U.S. Um, so I can see patients in the U.S. who in states that I'm licensed in. Otherwise, a lot of the times the law says now I have to see them once in person before I can treat them um, uh, over telemedicine, over video. Um, and then um, the other issue that's becoming a lot of if I have do have clients from all over the world and. A lot of the client, a lot of the countries like in Europe and Asia are banning a lot of these things. So it becomes just knowing that that's the, a huge caveat. Like I know peptides that we talked about in the UK and Australia, I think they're not allowed. So it gets very complex. I'm like, they're like, I, I can't help you smuggle in or your, get the peptides. So it's understand what the rules of your country are first. And that makes it a little more complicated, but. Of course. Where can people find out more about you? Neil? So if they're like. This guy sounded pretty interesting. I'd love to see more of the stuff that he does. You also do a ton of podcasts and appear at conferences and so on. Yeah, no, I'm going to be um, at the Biohacking Congress in Miami in October. Um, also, the best way to find me is on the website is uh, Dr. Spelled Out, D-O-C-T-O-R, my last name, Paulvin, P-A-U-L-V-I-N.com. That's the best way I put a lot of content up. There's a lot of cool content coming soon. Uh, and otherwise, other places that you mentioned on Instagram, I try to do um, a lot of interesting posts. There is a great way to kind of like summarize some stuff that's out there. Um, I try to put for both like high end biohackers and also some just the basics. Um, I try to do some lives there too to kind of answer some questions that I always get because I find it makes things a lot easier than trying to answer everybody's question individually. So that's that, that's the best way to find me. Um, you can shoot me an email or chat through the website as well. Sounds good. But definitely worth mentioning that you're at the Biohacking Congress, which is in Miami in October, I think it's the 16th of, I'm 17th of October, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. So uh, that's a place to actually see you physically and, uh, and see 
and learn more about uh, biohacking and longevity from a lot of different uh, experts in the field. But I will make sure to link to uh, all the things that you just mentioned so people can find you. So it's going to be in the show notes. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Neil. It was a pleasure. It was fun. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.